from the book of Exodus, the 20th chapter. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or is on earth below, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. From today's epistle to the Romans, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so too we might walk in newness of life. And lastly, from today's gospel reading in Matthew, the 34th verse, do not think that I've come to bring peace to earth. I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. Dear hearers of the word of God, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now wait a second. Can I say that this morning, given what we just heard in the gospel lesson? Jesus says quite clearly he did not come to bring peace to earth, and yet the first words out of my mouth this morning for this sermon are peace from this very man named Jesus. Given what I just read to you from today's gospel, perhaps we need to make an edit or two in the bulletin, in the liturgy. Perhaps we even need to take pause on whether or not we should share that peace of Christ with one another this morning with a handshake or a hug. At this moment, I wouldn't fault you for being a bit perplexed, if not outright confused. After all, it was only six months ago that we were sitting in a worship service with family and friends singing Christmas carols about angels declaring peace on earth. And yet, this family-friendly environment, the warm fuzzies and special feelings of candlelight services are nowhere to be found in today's gospel lesson. In fact, the exact opposite is declared by Jesus. Listen again. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and one's foes will be members of one's own household. For the record, this isn't the first time, nor is it the last time in the Gospel of Matthew, that Jesus' words cause a rupture in the family system. In chapter 4, on the shores of Galilee, James and John, sons of Zebedee, they deserted their father and the family business to do the bidding of this man named Jesus. In chapter 8, one of Jesus' followers wants to take time for a funeral to bury his father. Jesus' response is rather terse. Let the dead bury the dead. But those words are tame compared to what we hear in today's gospel lesson. Listen again. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Let me say it again and listen carefully to what Jesus is saying and pay attention to the words I emphasize here. Whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter 
more than me, is not worthy of me. You see, the point Jesus is making here pivots on that word love. And why is that? Well, let me repeat what God said to Moses on Mount Sinai when he delivered the Ten Commandments. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth below. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. You see, what Jesus is saying in today's gospel lesson about love is at the heart of the matter. And I mean that literally, the heart of the matter. Just think about it for a second. Jealousy is rooted in your heart. And God himself says he is jealous. He has a jealous heart. On Wednesday morning, I was talking about this with the morning Bible study group that gathers at First Lutheran here. There's a lot of wisdom gathered in that room, and so I asked them, what are the actions and consequences of a jealous heart? They identified. A jealous heart tries to control another person. A jealous heart is relentless and aggressive. A jealous heart is obsessed with its object and wants the person all to themselves. Now, as they identified those traits, their answers were given, and not with a light and happy tone. Rather, when someone is identified as jealous, people instinctively proceed with caution. Now, here again, what God said to Moses, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. By now, you may be getting a better sense of why Jesus said, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. To be sure, these words coming out of Jesus' mouth are not what most people expect or want. They are not the candlelight service, the family-friendly Christmas carols from six months ago. Even more, these sharp words, the sword as Jesus describes it, are not aimed at his adversaries. These sharp and cutting words are directed at the ones he calls his own, those he calls to be his disciples, those whom he says he favors. That, by the way, includes all the baptized you and me. Let me say it another way. The words Jesus wields in today's gospel are aimed at the most cherished and personal relationships. It cuts straight to our heart of hearts, what we love the most. Now, to be sure, Jesus didn't make a mistake here, nor is he contradicting himself. In fact, he is being true to form. He is doing his father's bidding. You know, the jealous one. So, what does that mean? Well, let's recall the wisdom of those who attend Bible study on Wednesday mornings here. A jealous heart seeks to control people. 
A jealous heart is aggressive and relentless. A jealous heart is obsessed with its objects and wants the person all to themselves. Now remember that other nugget of wisdom that the Wednesday Bible study folks had. When dealing with jealousy, proceed with caution. However, I want you to recall what happened when Jesus came to do his Father's bidding. People weren't cautious when Jesus arrived on the scene. Rather, they were actually hostile. Why? Well, it turns out that not only does God have a jealous heart, each and every one of us does too. We want to be in control and we are aggressive and unrelenting. We become obsessed with what we love. We want people and things we love all to ourselves. And so, when God comes calling, when Jesus enters into our lives, jealousy rears its ugly head. Not only our own jealousy, but even those in our household get jealous. And if only our response would be to proceed with caution. But that isn't how it turns out. Rather like those who were standing in the courtyard of Pontius Pilate when Jesus had a crown of thorns placed on his head, you and I, as well as those in our household, seek to get rid of him by crying out, crucify him. Keeping that in mind, let's turn back to the opening lines of today's gospel lesson. Jesus says, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those in his household? We hear pretty much the same message from the Apostle Paul in today's epistle lesson. He writes, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Like I said, Jesus is being true to form here. He is doing his Father's bidding. He is being jealous and aggressively so. He is chasing down the hearts and lives of those he calls his own. Let me be a little bit more specific here. His jealous heart is chasing down those who are listening to this right now. Now, to be sure, this isn't the first time you've encountered Jesus' jealous activity. As Paul tells us in today's epistle, Jesus began his work in your life the day you were baptized. On that day, Jesus' jealousy reared its head. He took you as his own. He said, you are mine and mine alone. He made this promise to you and to all who are baptized. And when Jesus makes a promise, he is relentless in chasing you down and chasing after your heart. Why? Because his love is all-consuming. Listen again to today's gospel to get a sense of how much our Lord Jesus loves you. 
Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? And even the hairs on your head are counted. So, do not be afraid. You are of more value than the sparrows. Want to know how jealous and obsessed, possessive our Lord Jesus is for you? The Apostle Paul reminds us today, Jesus snatches you from your sin, your death, and the devil. Paul talks about it this way. Therefore we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so too we might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Let's now return to what we started with, that issue of peace. What sort of peace were angels promising to the shepherds on Christmas morning? If it isn't the elimination of swords and wars, what is it? Well, it's an even more intense and monumental battle. It is a struggle between a jealous God and his sinful, jealous people who love, trust, and worship everything else more than him. And so what did God do? Well, our Father in heaven sent his Son into the world to conquer our own jealousy. And conquer it he did by exposing our evil hearts when we mocked him, betrayed him, denied him. We did, and still do, everything in our power to say his promise, his heart, his love for us is inconsequential. But, thanks be to God, Jesus is aggressive. Jesus is relentless. Jesus is controlling and possessive. He seeks after the one lost sheep. He welcomes back the prodigal son. He creates in us clean hearts and renews right spirit by forgiving us our sins and promising us that in the wake of our jealous hearts, sin and death do not have the final word over us. Rather, as Paul says, having been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Jesus says it this way at the end of our gospel lesson. Those who find their life will lose it. Those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Dear hearers of the word of God, the day you were baptized, you were given a promise by a jealous God. And your jealous God does not, in fact, he cannot lie. You are more precious to him than anything else he created. And his heart will continue to chase you down and claim your life as his own when he raises you from the dead. It is for this reason, then, this morning, we can now turn to one another and say, the peace of the Lord be with you. And it is for this reason, this morning, that I can say these words to end this sermon. Now may the peace of God, 
the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.